Today, we're taking a look at what happened between the Huskies. We'll talk to Coach Wilcox, and I'll break down some film for you. Coming up right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bear Insider, Ultimate Insider Podcast. I'm Mike Pulaski. Today, we are breaking down dogs versus Huskies, what happened, things you should look at. I will be breaking down film in a little bit. I will also be talking to Coach Justin Wilcox but let's talk about the game some. Obviously, Cal coming off that performance in Boulder, trying to regroup, trying to figure things out. The defense, once again, last week they held uh, Colorado to 13 points in regulation, 20 points overall. This week, they held that incredibly efficient, potent University of Washington offense to just six points in the first half. That's pretty impressive. You think about the fact that no team had held Washington out of the end zone on their opening drive of the season. Not a single team had stopped them on their opening drive from scoring a touchdown. Cal held them out of the end zone for an entire half. And so hats off to the defense, to the dudes, to the players, also to that coaching staff for putting together a great patient scheme. And we'll talk about that. We'll look at some film in just a second. But the offense obviously had to come along and the offense was scoreless in the first half as well. So at a certain point, I, I guarantee that this team is getting frustrated, um, the defense with the offense and vice versa, but they have not shown cracks. They have not shown uh, that they are kind of in disarray right now. They still seem to be playing together and pulling for each other. So that's huge. The offense, however, um, again, same type of woes the offensive line needing to get better at that at that unit uh, is a huge key for this game being able to block four runs you have a fantastic couple of fantastic running backs actually but really good freshman running back in Jade Knott and then DeCarlos Brooks runs hard uh, more Damian Moore was out there he was he was running doing some things during this game too so You've got some dudes who will run the ball hard in the running game if the offensive line can get their blocks. And I'm not talking about, you know, dominating pancake blocks, anything like that. There's a couple times in that game where you just got a hat on a hat, meaning you had an offensive body squared up in position blocking a defensive body. Didn't have to be dominating, just has to be positional blocking. And when you did, Jade Knott or DeCarlos Brooks or Damian Moore made the most of it. And so... If they can just get to that position where they're not whiffing on blocks, they're not overextending on blocks, they're not missing blocks on their assignment, um, that is a huge piece of the run game right there. And So consistently getting a hat on a hat in good position uh, is, I think, right now exactly what they're striving for. We'll hear from Coach later. But on top of that, pass protection. Once again, really tough. Washington had some really good edge guys, each coming in at about 270 pounds, 6'4", they could fly, and they were super athletic off the edge. And so knowing that, Cal made an offensive line switch coming into it. Uh, they took uh, left tackle Ben Coleman, moved him down to left guard. Took Braden Rome, former right tackle, moved him to left tackle. Left TJ Sessions out there at right tackle. Obviously, Matt Sindrick, it was the big injury, so he was out. Vatikani moved to right guard, and they had Driscoll at center. And so they were trying to get some guys on the edge who had played the position at tackle, uh, and we're comfortable playing that tackle position. And so the matchup was okay. 
it it, uh, it was okay on the left side. I thought Rome, for the most part, did a decent job up there. Uh, the right side, TJ Sessions, they, they gave up some pressures out there. And um, he was going up against Tice, who was a good pass rusher, good edge guy. Tice came in, I think, with five and a half. I think he had eight and a half sacks after this game. And so a career game for him out there. And, yeah, it's about dudes. Washington had some dudes out there. Uh, it's about protections. you got to get some guys over there to help in the scheme. If you're going to ask your quarterback and drop back in the pocket, then you got to help them out as well. And you can't leave that tackle on an island, especially knowing um, how talented Washington's guys are. Uh, but it's also about just physical performance. And, and uh, you got to step up. you got to get your blocks. you got to make it happen out there. Even when you're on an island, you got to give your quarterback 2.7. If you give him 2.7 seconds uh, to make something happen, that's what you need. And so that didn't happen this game. And then we talked to Coach about every game, it's five to eight plays. No matter what level I've been at, no matter what league I've been in, what conference, it's five, seven, eight plays in a game that change everything in close games. And if you win those five to eight, you win the game. If you don't, you don't. And so there were some plays that uh, the Bears could have made offensively that would have won games for them, move the chains, keep drives alive. There were some plays defensively that the Bears could have made to keep to get them off the field, get them out of the end zone, or to stop a touchdown. We will break down uh, a couple of those on film in just a second. But my overall thoughts were the Bears played better. I thought offensively they had a decent half, 21 points. A couple of guys I thought offensively played really well. Uh, one of them, Jack Plummer, played courageously out there. 21 of 34, 240 and change, and three touchdowns. Uh, under an onslaught of pressure. So he was getting hit on quick passes. He was getting hit on three-step with just a hitch. And so sometimes you're going to get pressure, but you have to be able to throw from a clean pocket every now and then. I thought Jack played extremely well given the circumstances. J. Michael Sturdivant played really well as well. Eight catches, 104 yards, two touchdowns. That's his biggest career game as a Bear. And so I thought he played extremely well out there. Uh, at wide receiver as well. Jaden Ott showed up not just in the running scheme, carrying the rock, but I actually really like the way that he blocks. He he was getting after it in the backfield, blocking dudes. Uh, and so as a freshman, that says a lot for him. DeCarlos Brooks was running hard. Uh, he was doing a nice job. Maven Anderson showing up for the second game in a row, making a lot of catches out there. Uh, played very well, made a great catch down the goal line. Uh, and then Mason Starling, he can't, he last two games he's had an opportunity and he's caught a lot of balls. And so I think that uh, there is some definite bright spots on offense in the passing game, especially Jay Knott, obviously, uh, is a bright spot. Boy, if they just give him a seam, he can make something happen. So I think offensively they have, they have some tools. They just need to get that blocking up front to get it done. Defensively, Daniel Scott, once again, uh, great game. We had him on the show last week. Great play, uh, great player making, you know, consistent, repetitive plays, getting stops. Um, the way that Cal kept Washington from scoring on those first drives and really kept him scoreless in the first half is playing this high cover four that made them throw the ball under, made them throw the shallow routes, made the quarterback check down. To his credit, Michael Penix did that, um, but they weren't able to get those huge explosive plays in the first half. Now we'll talk about one in the second half here coming up, but uh, they weren't able to get the big throws downfield, the vertical throws that they like. And so Daniel Scott, 
uh, Craig Woodson both doing a fantastic job at that safety position. Uh, I think they're doing a nice job. Jackson Sermon, once again, a very clean game inside. Uh, didn't make a ton of mistakes. Doesn't make a ton of mistakes at that linebacker position. So, you know, there's some bright spots both sides of the ball, and uh, they just have to put it all together. It's, it's always about the pit. It's always about winning and losing up front. Washington obviously had a great offensive line, and so they gave their quarterback a little bit of time in the second half, uh, and, and he was able to get it done. Offensively, the Bears need to do the same for their quarterback, and you'll find that you find a lot of different outcomes in these games. Right now, we'll talk to Coach Wilcox about his thoughts on the game. I always ask, always talk to coaches. You know, it's never as good or as bad as it feels right after the game. Uh, but once you watch film, then you get a real sense of what happened in the game. So right now, let's talk to Coach, and then we'll come back with a little film breakdown. Joining me now, head coach Justin Wilcox. And Coach, obviously you guys played him tough early on in the game. Score didn't turn out the way you wanted it. Tell me what you saw on film after this game. Um, really competitive game. Uh, thought our players gave us everything that they had. We, In order to win, we would... We needed to get something going offensively in the first half. Um, didn't quite get that going. And then on in the second half, our offense, third quarter especially, got got rolling, got some scores. And then we needed one more stop on a third down uh, on defense. And we, we had a few opportunities and uh, didn't get it done. Then we gave up the explosive on, you know, with really bad eyes and man coverage where the guy held it for a long time. So even with all that said, we had the ball twice in the fourth with a chance to go down and tie it and potentially go for the win and weren't able to to get it done so it's frustrating because there's five or six plays that you look at that really could have turned uh turned the tide in that game and we were not able to get it done and and we talked about it five to eight plays every single game are the difference in the game in the end you're the first team to hold them without scoring on their first drive you held them without scoring the entire first half what were you doing or you guys getting right that other teams hadn't to that point Oh, I don't know. I thought our, our defensive coaches did a great job going into the game. Uh, you know, looking at the matchups, what they did well, um, and how do we, you know, how are we going to try and make them play left-handed? I thought our defensive coaches did a great job of that, uh, forcing them to drive the ball and be really efficient. And they they are. I mean, the QB is an excellent player, and the receivers are really good. The O-line is exceptional. Um, and uh, I thought they did a good job of kind of battling and battling and battling and then trying to, you know, get off on a third down or a fourth down or force a field goal. And um, so again, it's, there's nothing magic about any of it, but uh, I thought our coaches did a great job putting the plan together against an explosive offense. And then our, our players really gave us great effort. Yeah. And, and I, I, I love the game plan too. staying high over the top against a team that loves to push the ball vertically, right? You, you think eventually they're going to make that mistake, do something. But what you guys were able to do is force them to run as many plays as possible and eventually stall out, which was a great game plan going in. Second half, you come back, and the offense starts to dial it up. Um, not necessarily a bunch of different play selection, but you got a little more interior protection for Jack. Talk about what was going on there and the guys that were making plays. Yeah, I think it's uh, as simple as, you know, we blocked better. We, you know, got some runs. We threw it and caught it. And that's what you got to do to move the ball. I mean, I thought we guys made some great plays. Um, and then some of them were, you know, routine, but we made them. And that's important too. You know, not every, not every play needs to be the acrobatic circus catch or the most impressive run it just needs to be good football. And we played 
much better football, especially in that third quarter on offense. Yeah, that's the truth. You watch film sometimes, and I always, you know, as a coach, I always watch film, and you're watching base run blocks. We just get a hat on a hat, and if running back finds a seam, and you get six yards, and it's, it's a beautiful thing, right? And you do that over and over, and you have success. And how do you get to the consistency of that? I know that that's what you've been going for all game long, yeah. but how do you get to the consistency of that? Because that's the season. That tells the difference at the end of the season, right? Absolutely, it does. It tells the difference uh, on a drive, a quarter, a half, a game, a season, and uh, you know, I don't. There's not one thing, Mike. I mean, it's the, you know, maybe it's one position player needs to do this better, you know, or maybe he needs to be more consistent with his footwork, or maybe um, it's the identification on a run, or it's the the uh, execution of a throw and catch on a pass. I mean, it's just it's playing up to our potential more often. That's what we need to do. And uh, so in order to do that, you got to be specific about what you're working on. So, you know, it's not hoping and want to, the want to is there. The guys are competing, they're trying. It's, you know, want to only get you so far. You got to go out and execute it on game day. And I really appreciate the way they practice and compete, but performance matters and you got to execute it on game day. And we got to do that more often. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic point. As you watch film, you see guys, they want it. They, they are definitely going to go play, but it's that first step hesitancy. And we talked about this a little bit last week where you have a technique, you know the technique. Do you Are you fully trusting? Are you fully engaged in what you're doing? And you can see a little bit of that on film. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. And um, we need to continue to push the players and they got to push themselves. And, um, you know, again, I think we talked about this last week. Confidence is earned. You have to prepare in order to have confidence and then you have to demonstrate the ability in order to have true confidence. And so uh, we've seen it in moments. We just haven't seen it often enough. And that's where we're pushing them and we're competitive in practice for that reason. So you can, can you continue to build it in your preparation? Yeah. And, and you know, this, you, cause you play that you coach in the whole nine yards more for the people at home. But like, I like it when I was a kid growing up surfing and it's a weird analogy, but you had to commit to going down the face that way of taking off, carving, you know, making the cut. And if you didn't, if you half-assed, you'd fall off. Yeah. Like at some point you have to say, okay, I'm just doing this, you know, damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. And so I think that's kind of the next step for this team, as I see it, especially on that offensive line. I think that's a, a great way of putting it. And we talked about that on Monday at the meeting is you just, you have to go all in, like you don't dip your toe in the water uh, in a, at this level of football. And, you know, not, and it's not maybe by, by anybody's uh, on purpose, but you really have to force yourself to commit to it and go all in with it and put yourself out there. And yeah, I mean, you know, we play under bright lights and there's a lot of people watching and that's the reason you sign up to play here. And uh, you know, there are, there are guys that got to continue to work through that. And so we have to help them. Our job as coaches is to, to help them put themselves out there. That's the role, part of our role as coaches. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it's a great point. The human nature by nature is survival instinct first, not excel first. And so you have to get them past the survival instinct into the excel phase. Yeah. I think it's great. Some guys did excel in this game. Yeah. So let's talk about them. I think J. Mike, J. Michael Sturdivant is really coming into his own as a player, becoming the guy that you expected him to be. Talk about his performance, not just in this game, but over the season. I think in the last month, it's been noticeable, you know, uh, that he's taken a, a step forward and we knew J. Mike had a lot of physical tools, but he's becoming, you know, a more well-rounded receiver um, in everything that he's doing. He's making some great plays for us. He can run, he can catch. Um, 
he made a really a fantastic play on a third down coming out of the break where he had to track the ball and just at the last second was able to get his eyes on it and come up with it. Um, not an easy catch by any means, but I think he's just getting better and better. And his ceiling is very, very high. So we're excited about Jay Mike. Yeah, another guy, Maven Anderson, showed up. Fantastic circus catch down on the goal line. That you, you know, you just love to see these guys contorted all back and out of shape and reaching back for the ball. And and he showed up last couple of games too. Yeah, um, we've been talking, I think, a lot about Maven since the beginning of the year. He's a he is a fantastic athlete. He's strong. He's fast. He's got ball skills. He's got courage. He's smart. I mean, he he can do a lot of things. We just need to try to get him the ball so we can build that confidence and get into a rhythm. And I thought you saw more, you've seen more and more of that. Um, and he's made those type of plays in practice quite often, you know, and it was nice to see him make one of those in a game where everybody can see it. Yeah. And then Mason Starling actually came in. We saw, you know, he just got back on the field last week and we see him, he shows up, he, he's making a lot of catches, made a lot of catches again, this game showed up in big spots. Talk about his contribution and then talk about his health at the end of this. Are we going to yeah. get him back? Yeah. Um, you know, Mason did in the last couple of weeks, he's got an opportunity. We, you know, he has flashed since he's been here, but he had a hard time staying on the field. And so uh, he made some big catches for us. He's a big body, a big target. Um, we'll see here late in the week. He's day to day right now. Um, so we'll see late in the week if he's going to be able to go. But, you know, he did show promise in the last two weeks. We just got to get him healthy. Yeah, and another guy, and, and you know, you notice I didn't say him first because I'm always picking on quarter, or I'm always with the quarterbacks, but I think Jack Plummer, when you watch film and you watch his game, he has shown so much courage back there in the pocket. And yes, he has created a little bit of his own pressure at times in that Colorado game, especially, but he's also sitting back there taking shots, delivering balls. Yeah. Pretty damn accurate. The catch that you were talking about with J. Mike, Jack Plummer threw that before J. Michael Sturdivant ever got out of his break, like on time, put a little shape on the ball he's just playing with so much courage and in spite of getting pressured a ton he is he is executing at a pretty high level for what he's got I would agree with you he's uh there are a few that we'd like to get just you know get the ball thrown and throw it out of bounds or whatever but uh he is we need to protect Jack better I mean there's no secret we all know that um and he has continued to stay in there and throw the ball and is showing courage and uh he's a talented passer and uh, we just got to give him some more opportunities uh, to throw it clean. And then also when it's not there uh, and the clock's ticking, that he can ditch it if he needs to. Yeah. And then one guy, who, he always shows up in the run game, Jade Not, right? And so he looks good. The pass game, though, I saw him picking up some blocks this game, like sticking his nose in there against some big dudes. I like the way, I, like just his overall effort is really nice. He's got a lot of pride. And of course, he wants the ball to run it and he wants to catch it on the perimeter and but he is a team guy and he takes pride in being a complete back. He doesn't want to just be the, you know, the, the one trick pony, you know, so he wants to be able to play on every down and run it, catch it, protect, and uh, really, really pleased with his attitude towards all that. It's, it's been impressive. Yeah. And so we talked about the offensive guys. Let's talk about a couple of defensive guys. I think Woodson out there, I mean, he is playing really at a high level. And and the less you talk about a guy on the air and after the fact, it means he's doing his job because the play's not around him. He he made one play on mesh where he literally hit the first guy coming across who was going to be the pick guy and then steps up and hits the mesh guy who's coming, you know, the guy who's supposed to get the ball. Like, he's a really smart football player and really gifted on top of it. He is. I mean, Craig's a 
you know, we, we all kind of saw it really in the pa past couple of years. And unfortunately last year he was injured, but um, he's playing well. And it's, it's really not a surprise to any of us because you've seen it coming and it's nice to see him doing the games because he is a, he's smart. He's got good instincts and he's a good athlete. And so you kind of combine all those two, all three things and, and he's tough. So he's what you're looking for in a safety. And I think he's got a really bright future. And you got a couple of really good ones. Daniel Scott, obviously we've talked about him a bunch. Mm -hmm. Daniel always seems to be in the right place, doing the right thing, trying to make the right checks. Seems like a great leader on the team. Uh, had another game where he was in the right spot 90% of the time. Yeah. I think both those guys, <laughs> that's a good pair of safeties. You know, I think a lot of people like to have those two safeties playing for him. And we've, you know, we ask them to do a lot in terms of communication and disguise and some of the things that we ask them to do, but they, uh, they're good football players are really smart guys. They're team guys. So really uh, we're fortunate to have both of them. Defensively, the bears were playing a high cover for the whole first half. And so that is a huge piece of why they were so successful. We keep guys high in four, you stop all those vertical routes uh, and you at least have somebody over the top of those vertical routes. So as a quarterback, you can't force the ball into coverage. And what it does is it forces that quarterback to check down. Washington was used to getting huge chunks on their vertical passing game because they got some dudes. Roma Dunze is out there. Jalen McMillan is out there. Uh, Polk is out there. So some dudes, Giles Jackson can go get it. All those guys can go get the ball. And so with all of that, they push the ball vertically a lot. But playing that high four, being disciplined in coverage – and, and those play calls, really, by Peter Sermon and his defensive staff uh, doing an excellent job of forcing them to check it down, which makes you run more plays. More plays means more opportunity to make a mistake, to stall out. As a result, they caught Washington in some penalties that were absolute drive killers in that first half by making them rep more plays. They got a holding call. Uh, they got an offensive pass interference call. So they got all kinds of stuff going their way um, because they were forcing Washington to run more plays just by playing that high four coverage. It's the old, and I hate this terminology, bend but don't break. It, you let them move down the field by staying high, let them check down, let them throw the stuff underneath, and then the field condenses when you get down towards the red zone. And so when, you, when they did, Washington got in trouble with some penalties. It was because of that high cover four that they were playing, uh, covering everything over the top, taking that vertical passing game away from Washington. So that is a look at the Dogs versus the Bears. Next week, the Ducks come to town. And so that is a huge one. This Oregon team looks really good. We will break down some film coming up during the week. I will give you my preview of this Oregon Duck team. Uh, we will talk to Coach Wilcox. We'll have a player interview as well. But until then, I do appreciate you guys watching. Um, I'm looking for this Bears team to improve every week. A little offensive spark last week. Hopefully they can get some more this week versus the Ducks. We shall see on Saturday. Remember, you can always catch our broadcast on KGO 810. I am Mike Pulaski for Bear Insider and the Ultimate Insider Podcast. Go Bears.